Well, again, good morning, church. It is a beautiful day. It is, uh, what are we looking at here? December 20th. We have uh, uh, 11 more days before we get to the end of 2020 and uh, realize uh, a new year. Um, <clears throat> it is, uh, again, a blessing that we have um, by God to, to be here together with one another on this prayer line um, or on this phone line to, to worship God um, in spirit and in truth. Um, what has been mentioned before and certainly I'll mention again this morning, um, what does spirit and in truth mean? Well, it means that first off, um, you have to be in the spirit in order to worship a spirit. Uh, for we know that God is a spirit, and, and those who worship Him again must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Secondarily to that, the, the truth aspect is important because um, as we know that uh, God does not, uh, does not incline Himself um, to those things that are not righteous. Um, we know that uh, God in His very essence um, is truth. Um, for everything that he says is truth. He cannot lie because that is an immutable fact that God cannot tell a lie. Additionally, um, we also know that uh, um, his truth is his word, and those who abide in the truth must also abide in his word. And to abide in his word means that you are obedient to the things that are contained therein. Um, so, spirit and the truth... Um, means a lot more than just those two words. There's a lot of things that go into that. Um, and that's what we hope to do this morning. Uh, we hope to um, individually and collectively um, find ourselves or present ourselves in the right spirit um, and also do those things and only those things that are written in the gospel um, and that are commanded for us to do. Um, if we add to or, or take away from the truth, um, then we have subverted the truth. Um, as the, um, as uh, John wrote, uh, or as John was told to write in the book of Revelation, um, and while the, the, the verse is specific to the book of Revelation, its truth carries through throughout all that, um, certainly when we look at the first chapter of the book of Galatians as well, that any modification of the truth is accursed. Certainly, again, John wrote in the book of Revelation um, where the angel told him that if any man take from or add to the prophecies contained in the, in the book of Revelation, all of the plagues that are written therein will be levied upon that individual, which is certainly to be accursed. Um, and so it's important... <clears throat> as members of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we stay true to uh, the gospel as is written, as our understanding will allow us to, um, and not take away or add to in any way, shape, or form. With that in mind, I, I want to talk about, and I'm only going to spend a little bit of time on this, um, <clears throat> but there, because there may be some on the prayer line, or excuse me, on this phone line who may not have heard, uh, me mention this or may not be aware there may be some that you know at some point and uh, beyond today who may access this uh, this sermon on the internet 
Um, I want to talk a little bit about a particular day that is uh, coming up in five days. It's called Christmas. And Christmas, um, or Christmas, or Yule, um, which in German, um, which is a, a German word, um, is all about or all centered on celebrating um, what the world considers to be the birth of um, the only begotten, the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, Christmas, um, as is mentioned or noted even in the Cyclopedia Britannica, so I'm referencing a, a source that you could certainly go on the internet and, and find for yourself, um, was started by um, the Roman Catholic denomination um, on in the first in in the fourth century during the reign of the um, first Catholic, if you will, emperor Constantine. Um, and Constantine, um, as the Cyclopedia Britannica notes here, um, instituted, if you will, the religious aspects of the holiday Christmas as a way of reconciling two altering belief systems at that time. Um, one was obviously the um, a faith based on uh, Jesus Christ being the Son of God, and the other being a pagan-based faith, um, which encompassed decorating an evergreen tree, which encompassed um, you know, a Yule log, uh, reefs, um, and uh, worshiping the pagan, the pagan god Ashtoreth, um, up in the the wooded hills. Um, and there are a couple of other pagan uh, gods, or excuse me, idols, and I use that word loosely um, in the reference of of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Um, uh, that Constantine um, was hoping to bring into the bring it bring under his control, and so what he felt the best way to do that was to co-op these pagan um, practices and co-op them and bring them into the Catholic denominational belief system in the form of Christmas, um, and the Christ Mass was a gathering of individuals um, in the Roman Catholic denominational faith on the evening of December 24th in celebration of, again, what he, what he uh, devised or invented um, of the birth of Jesus Christ along with the uh, celebration of the winter solstice um, that was performed by um, in, in all these various ways that we see manifested today um, by uh, pagan idol worship. Now, again, this isn't... Uh, I have to reference the Encyclopedia Britannica or cite the Encyclopedia Britannica because obviously I haven't... Uh, I, I did not... Th these points that I'm bringing out are not original to Thomas Garner. I did not do the research. Um, the original research, I went to Encyclopedia Britannica and read up on it. There is so, so much more research out there um, that can be seen or can be read. 
Um, but at the end of the day, I go back to my statement previously about worshiping in spirit and in truth and what it means to be in truth. Uh, again, if you were to go back to the scriptures, we know that uh, God is truth. It is an immutable fact that God cannot tell a lie. And if Christ's Mass or Christmas were a part of the truth, were a part of the words of truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ, we would have seen a reference to it um, implicitly or explicitly in the scripture. Um, we know that uh, based on the timeline as, as written in the New Testament scripture, even going back to the Old Testament scripture about the, uh, the Feast of the Tabernacle, the Feast of the Harvest, the uh, Jubilee uh, Festival, which required all of the um, men and women of Jewish heritage returned back to their hometowns um, for these various feasts. The fact that um, the, uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, the Roman emperor at the time um, took advantage of these um, Jewish gatherings um, to institute a census. Um, for all of the people, which would mean that um, because they didn't have cars at the time, that the only way to, uh, not and again, getting away from the fact that the Old Testament Scripture is very specific as to when these feasts and these uh, jubilee gatherings, if you will, were to take place, um, we know that if we were to, to use the Jewish calendar, um, if we were to look at when the census were taken, going back into um, looking at Roman history, um, it is very clear, um, certainly clear to anyone who is objectively minded, who looks at facts and facts only, um, to see that Jesus Christ was not born on December 25th. Again, going back to the words of truth, if God wanted us to worship, or sorry, to acknowledge the, the birth of Jesus Christ on, a, on an annual basis, we would have seen an example of that being done in the, uh, by, the New, <clears throat> by the New Testament church, um, or by the Church of Christ. I, I don't even want to put the New Testament on there, but by the Church of Christ um, in the first century. We don't see any example, inference, or commandment um, for um, disciples of Jesus Christ to celebrate um, one, the birth of Christ, and two, his birth every year on December 25th. Now, I know that to be the truth because I have looked into the scriptures to investigate that. But again, if you have um, any questions, comments, concerns about um, Christmas um, and the reasons why um, New Testament Christians um, should not celebrate Christmas um, in the context of a religious holiday or a holiday otherwise. Um, please, please come talk to me, um, or you can talk to any one of the brethren. You can look into the scriptures yourself. You can go to Encyclopedia Britannica and do the research for yourself. But I did want to address that this morning. Um, because obviously, um, to completely ignore the fact that uh, in five uh, in five days the world is going to be celebrating, or at least here in America, the holiday of Christmas would be nonsensical on my part. So, 
that is not my lesson, um, but it, that's just uh, uh, you know some some information um, that again has been given every, uh, many times to the uh, the congregation at Fourth and P. But again, for those who may be new to it, I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that. Um, the scripture reading this morning, or the title of my, my lesson this morning, is Hospitality. And certainly, um, during uh, this time of the year, um, the world um, is really invested in hospitality. And I, and I would say that that's, if there is a... Um, and I and I this this phrase just came into mind about a broken clock being right, um, you know, two times a day. Um, there is always there's there's good things that can be gleaned from this holiday season, and certainly uh, one of those things that can be um, that can be gleaned is just a a general feeling of hospitality. Um, that can be seen in the, the gift giving process where, um, you know, we're not necessarily buying gifts for ourselves, but we, as an, as an act of hospitality and selflessness are taking our resources and using that to buy gifts for others. Um, and I would say that hospitality is, is an, is underpins that, uh, that act of gift giving. Um, meaning I'm giving what I have or what I've earned, I'm giving it to you. I'm turning the folks away from myself um, towards others. And that is not a new invention. Um, going back as we, as we just read here in the, the scripture reading in Leviticus, the 19th chapter, um, we, are, um, we find that the God's people... Um, Again, looking back to Levitical law, even were required by law, by um, Levitical law, uh, to give gifts, um, to be hospitable, um, to share what they have um, to those who ha who have less or who are less fortunate. Um, with that in mind, I want to start off before we get into uh, reading from Leviticus, the 19th chapter. Um, by reading uh, from Philippians, the second chapter. If you have uh, a Bible available to you, <clears throat> be reading from Philippians, the second chapter. And uh, we'll start reading from verse number one. Again, Philippians, the second chapter, starting at verse number one. And it reads, if there be any consolation in Christ, or encouragement um, in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than himself, better than themselves. And as it pertains to hospitality, that's really where it starts, is a mindset of lowliness and esteeming another person 
um, or putting preference of the other person before yourself. That's a challenging thing to do. Um, certainly, um, it requires uh, a spiritual aspect in order to, to, to truly uh, buy into that, to achieve that. For as it says in the first verse, that if there be any sort of encouragement that one can, can get from being in Christ, um, is to, again, be hospitable. Um, to be like-minded, or rather to show the same love <clears throat> one for another. Um, in verse number 4 of Philippians, the second chapter, it says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And I would say again that that is um, certainly an honorable attribute of this holiday season, that um, while it may be distorted, or commercialized, um, or piggybacked upon by, um, you know, businesses and, and so forth who want to make money, is this mindset of giving a gift. You know, whether they need it or not, the act of giving. Um, and this will also be seen as we just read here in Philippians, the second chapter, that that is a part of the fellowship of the Spirit, that, or the fellowship, the, uh, the bond that connects all of us as, as members of the body of Christ to be in the spirit uh, of giving or the spirit of hospitality. With that said, uh, let's turn back to Leviticus, the 19th chapter. <clears throat> In Leviticus, the 19th chapter, um, what's interesting is, um, and I'll start from verse number one just to kind of give a, a backdrop, is that um, the Lord, <clears throat> excuse me, is speaking to Moses and is telling Moses to speak these words unto the people. Again, in verse number one of Leviticus, the 19th chapter, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I the Lord your God am holy. And that that phrase, um, you know, of, of being holy as God is holy, um, can, see, can be seen throughout the Old and the New Testament Scripture. Um, and what does it mean to be holy? Well, we know that God is holy because He abides in truth. We know that God is holy because He does not, um, uh, He does not, uh, um, He does not. Man, I'm tongue-tied this morning, uh, but He does not deal with unrighteousness. Um, we know that God is holy because He is not tainted. Um, with unrighteousness, and therefore we should also be holy and untainted with unrighteousness. Again, going back to uh, Leviticus, uh, uh, continuing on here in Leviticus, it says um, that, uh, <clears throat> For ye shall fear every man his mother and his father, and keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Turn ye not unto idols, nor make to yourselves molten, go molten gods. I am the Lord your God. 
And if ye offer a sacrifice of peace offerings unto the Lord, ye shall offer it at your own will. Which I, 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 I is a beautiful statement. You know, that um, the, um, the Israelites, um, the Hebrews, the Jews, um, they lost sight of this uh, worship at your own will or to give offerings at your own will. Um, you know, they, they fell into the trap of believing that obedience to the Olar, all of these various feasts and sacrifices and offerings were obligatory. Um, but as you can see here, um, they weren't obligatory. Rather, uh, God told Moses to speak unto the people that if a sacrifice, a peace offering was given to unto the Lord, um, it should be done or it shall be done um, at the will uh, of the person who is going to give it. Um, and that means that that peace offering is genuine. It comes from a, from a place of, of uh, internal decision and willpower and not just something that uh, one is required to do. Um, but I digress. Um, it says that the burnt offering must be eaten um, on the third on the morrow. Uh, or the next day, and if it remains until a third day, it must be destroyed. Um, it's not suitable uh, for being eaten, and obviously that speaks to the fact that they didn't have refrigerators, and and after that third day, um, just from a hygiene standpoint, that it probably would not be good for, for the body. But moving on in this particular passage, in uh, Leviticus, the... Uh, 19th chapter it says uh, in verse um, in verses 9 and 10 it says and when you're out reaping of the harvest of your land thou shalt not wholly reap the corners of thy field neither shalt thou gather the gleanings of thy harvest and thou shalt not glean the vineyard neither shalt thou gather every grape of thy vineyard thou shalt leave them for the poor and the stranger and it's interesting that there's a colon after that statement. Um, so we all know what a colon does. It, it, it qualifies um, the information prior to. I mean, it, it adds information. It uh, gives a, a reason for. And the reason why um, we are to be hospitable, or in this case, the, har the, the person who is reaping the harvest, not taking all of that harvest and using it to, to, to make money, but leaving a portion thereof for the poor and the stranger, is because that is what God would do. In, 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 in essence, as it says here, I am the Lord your God, is not only is it a commandment, but it is a characteristic of what God would do or what God has done for each and every one of us. Um, not to say that we are gods, um, but that we are to, as children of God, um, be um, manifest the image of God um, by our actions. And being hospitable certainly is one of those actions. If you have your Bibles, and again, I'm, we're going to be flipping back and forth here, um, and I apologize for doing so, um, but I, I, I'm not a good memorizer of verses, so I want to make sure that uh, um, I, I read the verses as accurately as possible. So, 
you have your Bibles, uh, go back to Romans, the 12th chapter. In uh, Romans, the 12th chapter, and we've read this verse a number of times, certainly mentioned in a prayer this morning. Um, the first and second verses of Romans, the 12th chapter, tells us that we are to present ourselves as a holy and living sacrifice, an acceptable sacrifice unto God, which is our reasonable service. In verse number two, it says that we are to um, transform our minds <clears throat> so that we may, or that you may, in the latter part of verse number two, may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I guess I, I just said that I wanted to read these verses as close to the scripture as possible. So I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. Um, again, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto, the, unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We are to do those things to show and prove the will of God to every person that we come in contact with. Um, and as we move on in this particular chapter, we'll see what the will of God is. In verse number 9, it says, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love, and honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord, Rejoicing in, in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. And that is the will of God. Um, that is what God wants for all of His creations. And we are, again as it states in the first and second verse of Romans chapter 12, um, we are to be proof or to prove what is that good and perfect will of God? And again, hospitality is included in that. Even back from the very beginning, even going way back to the Old Testament scripture where it was written, codified in the Levitical law, as it is codified in the New Testament law as well, um, um, in the confines of the four-letter word called love. And you can read about that <clears throat> In 1 John the 4th chapter where it says um, that we are to love our brother. Um, and an act of that love is to be hospitable. Um, furthermore, it says that the one who does not love his brother or show hospitality is guilty of murder. Or is likened unto a murderer. <clears throat> the New Testament scripture tells us also that those who, uh, one who does not take care of those of his own household is worse than than an infidel. We know that, um, <clears throat> as it states in the old and also in the new, that we have an obligation um, to serve. We have an obligation to give gifts and to be hospitable. Um, with that said, again, as I warned you I would do, um, going back to Leviticus, the 19th chapter, if you wouldn't mind uh, flipping back there. <clears throat>
in uh, verse number 15. Uh, Leviticus, the 19th chapter, it says, Ye shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. Thou shalt not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty. And that's a powerful statement. Um, while, you know, we shouldn't be overcome with, um, and I guess, and I don't really know how to say this without saying it, um, that, uh, as it says, and as we just read in Philippians, the second chapter about letting love be without dissimulation, hypocrisy, um, you know, love shouldn't be, um, or hospitality hospitality shouldn't be bestowed just because somebody looks to be poor um, and then taken away from those who look to have an abundance. It says here in verse number 15 that we are to not be unrighteous in judgment or rather in, in it uh, um, as the Old Testament is for our learning. It's instructing us to not be unrighteous in judgment. Um, and how do we do that? Because there's a colon there. How, what's the qualifications? What's further information? It says that we can do that by not respecting the person of the poor, nor honoring the person of the mighty. But in righteousness shalt thou judge thy neighbor. Thou shalt not go up and down as a tale-bearer tale among thy people, telling stories, falsehoods, Neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt not in any wise rebuke thy neighbor. And shalt and not suffer sin upon him. Um, and again, I'll read that in verse number 17. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt, thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor. And not suffer sin upon him. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. Thou shalt not, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. And what, what person that loves himself would not provide things that self is in need of? Um, and because we love ourselves and that love and compassion should extend out to our neighbors, as we've read now just here in the Old Testament, but also in the New. The final verse that I have related to hospitality, um, if you have your Bibles, <clears throat> if you can turn to um, 1 Peter, the fourth chapter. And then I'll conclude the, the lesson this morning. On hospitality. In First Peter, uh, the fourth chapter, it says, <clears throat> in uh, verse number eight, it says, uh, and actually, let's let's start reading. At uh, verse number six, again, First Peter chapter four and verse number six, it says, "For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, 
um, but live according to God in the Spirit. Um, and that was a, a verse that I, I believe was included in the lesson a couple weeks ago. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch under prayer. But a, And above all things have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. And that's where I'll finish. We know what uh, charity is. You can go and, and take a look at that in the book of 1 Corinthians. Um, um, where there are a number of verses in, in the 13th chapter that, that talk about what love and charity is. And, and how it uh, does not look upon uh, the needs of itself, but on the needs of others. It doesn't behave itself unseemly, um, etc., etc. But again, as it states here um, in the 8th verse, in, in referencing from the book of Proverbs, about charity or love covering the multitude of sins, really goes back to what uh, Paul wrote in Philippians, the second chapter, um, in verse 1. If there is anything that we can glean or that we can obtain, that we can, or, or that we should um, use or leverage um, as being members of the body of Jesus Christ, or being children of God, being in fellowship with the Spirit, is to be hospitable, to show love, um, to be selfless. And in doing so, we will fulfill the law, um, in doing so, we will cover a multitude of sins. And again, in verse number 9, it says, Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God, we must be hospitable. We must give gifts. We must... Look upon the needs and the cares of others. Not just during this holiday season, but year-round. Every second, of every minute, of every hour, of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year, for all of our lifetimes. We must give ourselves over to being hospitable, to showing charity and love, um, certainly among ourselves, and uh, as members of the body of Christ, and those without. So if you're here this morning, hopefully, um, ho if your ears have been opened this morning, hopefully some words have been said or been read. Um, maybe, you know, a point of consideration in your life for, for future thought and study has been mentioned as well about hospitality uh, that you can take with you this upcoming week. Um, as we as we go through the remainder of 2020 and and look into uh, the future um, into 2021. Um, after I conclude this lesson again, we'll be singing a song of invitation. Um, so if there's anyone who needs to request a prayer, if there's anyone who has a need to confess a fault and request prayers to overcome that fault. Um, after we sing the song of invitation, the floor will be open to you to make those requests. If you're not a member of the body of Christ, um, just remember again that 
Um, Jesus humbled himself as the only begotten. He came to this earth as a man. He lived and died, um, was buried in the ground as a man, but was resurrected by the power of God and lived amongst men for many months and then and now has ascended up into heaven and now sits on the right hand of the throne of God. That man, um, that, uh, that man who is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, came to this earth to impart upon all of us uh, the gospel of His Father. Uh, the gospel of His Father tells us that there is only one God, one Lord, one faith, one hope, and one baptism. Um, and if there is only one Lord, one hope, one faith, and one baptism, as it states in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, there is also one body. And if there is also one body, there is also one head of that body, as it states in the book of Colossians, that Christ is the head of the body, comma, the church. Christ purchased the church with his blood. Um, we know that uh, um, all those who come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. One must repent, as it states in Luke, uh, the 13th chapter, um, <clears throat> where, it, where it reads, I tell you, nay, except you repent, you shall likewise perish. One must confess with the mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God and be baptized, as is written in Acts, the second chapter, in verse number 38. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, um, for the remission of sins, in order to obtain the gift of of the Holy Spirit, and then live faithfully until death. So again, the lesson is yours. I appreciate your time and attention, and we will now sing the Song of Invitation. <laughs> 